there's this site in Chile called Monte Verde. And Monte Verde is, it's the oldest widely accepted site of human settlement in the Americas. It's actually kind of crazy that it's down in South America, that the oldest widely accepted site is down in South America, given that we think people came across the Bering Strait, the Bering Land Bridge, whatever they call it. People basically migrated from Siberia to Alaska. It's usually talked about there was a land bridge because there was an ice age, so all the water was locked up as ice, and so sea levels were low, and so that revealed a land bridge. It revealed land that was uh, previously below sea level that people could walk across. I don't know why we've had to posit that. If the distance was not great, then they could have got in a boat. Though we actually, there's no archaeological evidence of boats in the Americas, but we're pretty sure they had them. Well, if we think that they had them, I can't remember off the top of my head why archaeologists feel confident that Native Americans did have boats, but I can tell you this, I know why they're not that bothered by the lack of evidence. The sea levels have risen, and so any of the boats would have been along the coast, and so those archaeological remains have been subsumed by the rising ocean. Anyway, so people migrated from Siberia through Alaska down through South America, and there were people occupying a site called Monte Verde in Chile, and that was at least 15,000 years ago. So we know that people were here at least 15,000 years ago. So here's some of the description of the site. It says um, it was a bog-like environment. It has mastodon bones. So this was a period in which people were um, hunting and consuming this, the megafauna of North America, the mastodons, uh, the mammoths, the bison. There's animal skins. There's 12 huts. So I guess we have, I imagine we don't have the structure. We just we just have the, uh, the site on the ground where the structure would have been. But, you know, we get 12 huts. Maybe 20 or 30 people were there. Here's the beginning of our, our mystery, which this to me is kind of the biggest head scratcher about ancient North America, the ancient, ancient North and South America, actually. Guess how many human skeletons we have from, from Monte Verde? Well, there's no complete skeletons. So guess how many bones in general? Guess how many skulls we have? We have none. There's no human skeletons from Monte Verde. Apparently, there's no human bones at all from Monte Verde. I didn't, like, look that up and make sure I got that right, but that's what that's what I learned. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, we can feel pretty comfortable that this was a settlement of humans, I guess, but you know what it's like? What's the um, Robinson Crusoe? The guy's on the island, and he sees a footprint, but he thought he was alone, and there's just a footprint heard somebody say once like if we found a car on the moon (laughs) i don't know why this doesn't sound clever now that i recite it but you know if we found a car on the moon and there was nothing else there well we could be sure that people had been there or or at least intelligent creatures had been there because it's not something that would just appear on its own well i guess i guess animal skins and and the remains of huts aren't exactly a a car but 
you know, the remains are such that we know people were there, but we don't have any people. So we think people came over as early as 30,000 years ago. This is a, a trend I've noticed with lots of dates. It seems like the consensus date for events in the past, we never revised the numbers to get closer to us. It seems like we're always revising the number backwards. The Archbishop of Armog or something, this guy, uh, this guy, James Usher, he was the head of the Anglican Church in Ireland. It's, it's roughly 1600. He estimated the age of the earth at mm, about 6,000 years, I think. 4004 BC, like October 22nd at 4 a.m. or something. He had like a really specific idea of when the, the earth came into existence. It was based on using the Bible. Obviously, that got revised. Comte de Buffon, this French guy, he decided that the earth was probably 75,000 years old. And he did it by, he heated up some iron balls. <laughs> and he timed how long it took them to cool. And then he, you know, used that to extrapolate and say, well, the earth would probably take 75,000 years to cool down to its current temperature based on the rates that I've, I've uh, established using these iron balls. The age of the earth was a problem for Darwin. His theory, the evolution of species from earlier species based on natural selection, that required a very old earth. And we didn't know how old the earth was in his in his day. And it actually was radioactivity that that helped um that helped solve the problem. The earth is kept warm. Well, let's think about some of the sources of heat. Like one major source of heat on the planet early on was just the material that was forming the earth being compressed by gravity. So the earth heated up as a result of that. And over time that that energy was going to be lost to convection and then over time the earth was going to cool. That energy was going to be lost to space eventually and the earth would cool. Another source of heat was bombardment from comets, asteroids. There's a period in earth's early history called the period of heavy bombardment. Even if you knew all those things, you'd add it up You'd add up all the heat that created, you'd look at the rate at which heat is lost to space, and you wouldn't get an age of the Earth that is 4.5 or 4.6 billion years, which is how old we think the Earth is now. Radioactivity is a solution. There's heavy elements that are decaying in the core of the planet. Uranium, for instance. I think it's uranium, thorium, and potassium, I believe. These are elements, they're unstable isotopes of these elements that decay. They break down into smaller elements, basically. In that process, they release energy, and that energy heats up the planet. So over time, we figured out some things about the age of the planet, and we kept revising the number backwards. We never said, oh, it turns out it's two weeks old. That happens with the age of the universe, too. It was within the last, I feel like, five years, I was saying 13.7 billion years old. And then they fixed their calculations and they decided it's 13.8. Okay. <laughs> so we're always revising our numbers backwards. 
there was a period in which we thought people migrated to the Americas, I think like 13,000 years ago. But Monte Verde helped establish that people were here before that. And in fact, if they were in South America 15,000 years ago, well, that isn't the arrival point. So for a period of time prior to that, they must have been migrating from Alaska southward. That's not a journey that would have taken place over a trivial amount of time. And so we actually think that the first arrivals in the Americas was 30,000 years ago. We actually think that the first people to arrive in the Americas arrived 30,000 years ago. Homo erectus never made it to the Americas. That's kind of interesting because Homo erectus made it... Oh, man. I don't think Homo erectus made it to Australia either, but I, I don't know that for a fact. But Homo erectus, an earlier permutation of of human beings... Homo erectus left Africa almost 2 million years ago and it migrated throughout Eurasia. There was Homo erectus in China. So the first archaeological culture they talk about in North America is Clovis culture. The Clovis culture. They're known basically for their atlatls and their spears. I think it's actually the head of the spear that is... Um, kind of helps distinguish them. There's something distinct about the the way they crafted the the spearhead that helps identify a culture as Clovis culture. They craft these spearheads and they'd haft them onto the spear. They're not just sticks where they scrape the top to make them sharp. They're hafted, meaning they have a stone tip that was crafted to be the head of the spear. They had these things called atlatls, and the atlatl allowed you to throw the spear. And that added force to the spear. When you throw a spear with an atlatl, it carries more force than when you throw it by hand. So the Clovis culture, they had these spearheads. They're hafted onto a spear, a wooden spear. And they have these atlatls that they're throwing the spear with. They're hunting megafauna with it. And the megafauna consisted of bison, mammoths, and mastodons. And by the way... Mastodons appeared 27 million years ago, and the mammoths appeared 5 million years ago. There's a period in the history of North America where it was apparently dominated by Clovis culture. The culture across the continent is pretty uniform. People are making these spears, they're hunting the megafauna. Presumably, they're also gathering. There's also a gathering component here to the hunting and gathering. The Galt site in Texas, G-A-U-L-T, Galt. So in the, the Galt site in Texas is the largest Clovis archaeological site, and it was, it was a campsite. So this is where they lived, and more than half of the Clovis artifacts come from this site. And guess what else? There's no human remains there. Listen to this. Human remains from Clovis time. We have basically excrement in Oregon. We have in California, the Channel Islands, one of the islands, Santa Rosa Island, off the coast of California. We have remains that we call Arlington Man. So there's like the remains of an individual off the coast of California. Again, another reason to think they had boats, even though we, we don't have the boats. In Montana, there's 
remains that are called the Anzic Child. So we get Arlington Man, we get the Anzic Child, California, Montana, respectively. And in Paisley Cave in Oregon, we have excrement. <laughs> and it's disputed as to whether or not this is really this is really human excrement. The fancy word, the sophisticated term for this excrement is coprolites. That is the entirety of human remains from the Clovis period. Isn't that weird? They do talk about another culture, um, the Folsom culture, centered on the Great Plains. I guess they're contemporary with Clovis culture. It looks like they focused on bison. I don't know if the mastodons and mammoths had, had gone extinct or if there was some other reason that they focused on the bison. The Folsom culture did something that was that was pretty clever, though it's it sounds pretty wasteful. They invented the bison jump. And the bison jump the bison jump involves chasing the bison off a cliff. And actually there's this site in Texas where Bonfire Shelter in Texas. The earliest habitation here is 11,700 BP, which means 9 or 10,000 BC. So about 12,000 years ago, we had people at the site. It looks like it's occupied up to 800 BC. Is it continuously occupied? I'm not clear on that. But what they were doing at that site was (laughs) they would run the bison off a cliff and their campsite was right below the cliff. So like there'd just be like, you know, I guess a pile of dead bison right there for them to carve up and consume. So that's bonfire shelter. That's the Folsom culture. So that's some of what I learned last summer. I wanted to kind of fill in this blank in terms of my knowledge of North America. There were people here. They had a history. They had civilizations. They didn't have writing. So that that is a big problem in terms of their history. But they did have societies of significant size. Now, Clovis culture wasn't wasn't that. Um, the Clovis culture, the Folsom culture, these were hunter-gatherers. So that's kind of neat. And when you're thinking about North America and you're thinking about the first people here, you want to think of the Clovis culture. And I guess you also want to think about the Folsom culture. They hunted these megafauna. They had spears and atlatls. They were kind of clever with this uh, bison jump innovation. So that's a little bit of what I know. You know how hard it is to put a coherent narrative together? I learned that last summer. This is the first time I've kind of tried to piece some of it together. But it was really helpful to do so. So... (laughs) 